Hello, everyone. It's Richard C. Wilson here at the Family Office Club. I'm here today with Ben Lyons from Link Capital. Welcome, Ben. Hi, great to be here. Sure. So, Ben, I'm, I'm really interested in doing this interview here today. Um, you focus on an area that in 13 years running the Family Office Club, I've only ran into five to seven people who do what you do. So why don't you jump into that and just explain what your firm does? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm the managing director and founder of Link Capital. Link Capital is a small private equity fund, and we focus on making first mortgages to the uh, real estate investor and builder that is predominantly renovating, purchasing, renovating, and building single-family housing. So we provide first mortgages on residential housing for the, for the disposition or ultimate uh, use of income. So six to 18-month term loans, uh, some money turns, um, and uh, that's the segment we serve, traditionally served by the community bank. 2008 kind of uh, moved most of those banks out of that space. Right, okay. So I'm sure there's change going on right now in terms of um, what the going rates are. What's kind of the ballpark rates that you guys get or returns you get uh, on those, those loans that you do? Yeah, the, the base interest rates are typically 8% to uh, 10.5%. Certain criteria drives drives that, but uh, we deploy leverage. So you know we're a leveraged fund. Um, okay. So an unlevered uh, result would be somewhere around a seven and a half to eight percent coupon, which is which is really not our target. It's very boring. Uh, depending on the years, so this is thirty seven years of doing this. So depending on the wow. years and how much leverage you use, uh, I've had years where we've produced twenty five to thirty percent returns. Uh, hmm. on, a, on a five to one leverage. Uh, this fund, this particular fund is capped at a two to one leverage. And right now okay. we're sitting in around a one to one. At a two to one leverage, target return should uh, be 12, 13%. Right, which is good. That's uh, interesting, but not so exciting that people think you're taking a bunch of risk is kind of uh, that 11 to 13% range is kind of the general assumption by investors when they're kind of ignorant of what you're doing at all. They just kind of, you know, sometimes think of, uh, how much risk there is perceived by, by looking at those returns, uh, in my experience. Um, obviously, in your strategy, uh, you've been doing this for 30 years, how many different deals or mortgages have you invested in or closed on? Yeah, well, my, my marketing director, when we put this fund together in 2013, uh, we went back and we calculated the number of mortgages. And it looks like I'm running around $6.5 billion in my career of originations uh, in 30, 30 some years. So that's you know, ten, tens of thousands of deals. Tens uh, Link, of thousands. Link Capital has closed on uh, 700, just under 700, 690 some loans for $307 million. We've had about half of that repay. So uh, uh, congratulations. Million. Yeah, thanks. Actually, that's, that's relatively small. The last two uh, firms that we built uh, same team in 2012, as an example, we did $1.8 billion in originations. Wow. Okay. Um, so what's, what's your value add process? Because I'm sure there's some people who try to do this. I've spoken to a half dozen that are mom and pop. They're a one person team. You know, they have trouble getting past two or three million of assets under management. I'm sure you've seen those in the industry at, at industry events. So what's your value add process that's allowing you to, to drive that up? Yeah, uh, great question. Historically, this this segment of the of the industry, this segment of the lending industry, was served by two groups: the small mom and pop private lender, who had very limited capital and very unsophisticated process, and the community bank, 
community banks uh, rules have changed drastically with Dodd-Frank 2008. Um, we have an expertise in construction lending, an expertise in real estate. So when we're lending money to somebody, we're able to very rapidly evaluate uh, risk and very rapidly able to make a decision. Um, you know, borrowers that borrow our money are only using our money for a period of time to make more money. So cost of capital, you know, we're, we're not talking about a 30 year mortgage where somebody has got to live with that loan interest rate for a long period of time. What makes this, in, this investment so attractive on both sides is that we can very rapidly uh, deploy capital to a builder who's building a property to, to resell it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's, although we get a premium for our money, um, we, we uh, can easily allow the builder to justify, it's easier to get, it's quicker, we're much more user-friendly than a bank would be um, mm -hmm. And we, we give that builder the ability to leverage our capital to scale their business. And uh, right. because of our knowledge of construction and our knowledge of real estate, we give that builder, uh, you know, lenders typically play defense against the borrower. Okay? Right. In my book that I wrote, I talk about that a lender typically and historically, a regulated lender has to play defense against the borrower. And you've got to be able to balance playing defense with helping that borrower use your money to make more money. And right. our value add is that uh, we, we go into every relationship with, we don't want to lend that money to that builder one time. We want that builder to be a client for 10 years and constantly turn our money over. Uh, it, it, it allows us to manage risk better. It allows us to get a premium for our money. It allows us to know that client. But if that client's making money because of our, our knowledge and our ability to help them, Everybody wins. Right. Would you uh, work with somebody in Canada or only the United States? Well, right now it's only the United States, but it's, it's understanding, you know, uh, markets. So uh, understanding the laws, understanding construction management, understanding real estate. Uh, we would con consider exploring uh, Canada once we, we learned what we needed to learn to manage the risk. Sure. Okay. Um, well, by chance, I do have a, a lead for you in Canada uh, on the deal flow side. So I was looking for a group like yours, but also I have investors who like things that are collateral based and provide income or short duration exposure on debt. Um, is the experience in your fund such that there's a quarterly dividend or do you put the money in and then you, you get it out in two years or is it a five to seven year fund and you're turning that capital over 2.5 times? within the fund link? How have you structured that for investors? Yeah, great, great question. First of all, we, we operate very similar to a REIT where we, as we take in uh, income, we do distribute the, the collected revenue every month. Okay. okay. Uh, so we do produce a dividend every month. Um, it, it fluctuates obviously based on uh, collections. And then uh, there's a two year lockup. Uh, actually, uh, we changed that to a three year lockup now. So the the investor is tied up for three years. Okay. Um, it is a, uh, it's not an evergreen fund. We, we do typically have a, a five year uh, horizon. Uh, we don't like to uh, project out too long in, in terms of real estate markets. You know, we're, we're tied to residential housing. If you believe residential housing is a good bet and you believe securing your money in a first lien position is a good bet, then we're the fund for you because from a defensive position, 
we have collateral, the odds of you losing principal are, are relatively low. Um, but uh, so we distribute cash each month, um, and uh, effectively that's, okay. that's how we operate. How many people are on your team? Uh, we had going into pre-COVID, we had 21 total total people. We service and manage every every loan we make. Uh, okay. We did uh, furlough uh, about a half a dozen people with COVID. Uh, sure. We we stopped production, uh, making sure that the you know, the effects of unemployment didn't uh, drastically uh, affect residential housing in the Southeast United States, which is where we are predominantly. But, uh, okay. Sure. Yeah. And um, out of the 700 loans you've done, how many have gone into foreclosure, default, worst case scenarios? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've had um, about six foreclosures out of about 700 assets. Um, no investor has lost principal to date. Uh, you know, we collect interest, and and if if there is a, a loss on a uh, on a foreclosure asset, then you know we'll absorb it in in the interest we collect. Um, we we run about uh, one to two percent contractual payment delinquency, sure. uh, and and for us that's more than sixty days. You know, somebody that is that is more than sixty percent uh, sixty days late. Um, but in terms of foreclosures, it's been uh, right at half a dozen. Right. Okay. Great. So it's only a a one percent foreclosure and only a one to two percent, you know, sixty day plus past payment due types type statistic. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Allocation for losses typically in this model, and this is thirty years of information. You normally want to allocate about one percent. Okay. So whatever your yield is, just make sure you put aside one percent and, and assume you're going to take a loss of one percent. Okay. Okay, great. Well, uh, let's get back to the uh, planned interview questions here. I'm just curious about those aspects. I think some people listening, you know, are probably curious about those same types of things. A lot of investors right now are just, you know, that are already ultra wealthy and they're worth 10, 15, 20 million are looking for places where their downside risk is limited. And that's kind of like the number one thing they want to focus on in all the conversations with me, it seems. Um, what's the number one due diligence question that somebody should be asking you, even if they never ask you? Like, let's say you sold your firm, you went to go invest in one of your peers. What would be the really sharp due diligence question you'd be asking them? Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to digress, but I wrote a book that I'm willing to sure. give to all of your listeners that answers sure. that in, in great detail. So this book was actually written for anyone that may want to start their own fund. Um, okay. So this explains that if you're going to invest in the mortgage industry yourself or with someone else, how do I do it safely? So I'm willing to give this, this book out to your listeners, anyone that, that contacts me. But you know, effectively, Great. you have to know the collateral. You know, at the end of the day, you can underwrite a borrower's ability and willingness to repay. But at the right. end of the day, does that real estate asset protect your money? And it's the due diligence done to know whether that's true or not. So do you know the asset? Do you know you've got information on the asset? One of the things that makes Link Capital very unique is that I don't trust anyone, just, just so you know. Ronald Reagan said trust but verify, but everyone right. will tell you that Ben Lyons doesn't trust until he verifies. So <laughs> we built a portal that assumes that nobody should trust me. No, you know, trust is an interesting thing. What this portal does is this provides complete transparency into every asset we make. So our investors can actually just log in and they can see the loans, the appraisals, the title policies, the credit files, um, uh, the draw schedules, the construction management process, the payment histories 
of these borrowers and these assets. So uh, an investor doesn't have to call me and say, well, what are you lending on? They can just go log into the portal and actually see the assets that we have first mortgages on. Right. And that's the number one thing that an investor should look at. Uh, hmm. when, I, when I give speeches about why mortgage lending is the greatest thing out there on a risk-adjusted basis, I say to you, would you buy a property worth $500,000 as an investment? And you might say, well, it depends on a lot of the variables. And I'd say, well, if you concluded that it was worth $500,000, would you lend somebody $250,000 as a first lien on it? And would you feel safe? Because what would go? What could go wrong to, with your principal there? What's the right. worst thing that could happen? Right, right. It's a slow patient. You get the 500k asset. You know, it might take a process, but over time, you're covered, right? Yeah. So on, on a defensive basis, mortgage lending, as long as it's first mortgage lending at the right loan to value, very, very safe. You know, anybody that's trying to invest in a defensive strategy at a double-digit return. Mortgage lending is, is as good as it gets. Right, right. Okay, uh, what is a $100,000 piece of advice you could leave us with here today? Something that would be just really impactful for someone. It could be something related to real estate investing overall, something you've learned running an investment team, um, or something related to mortgage investing since that's where you're a thousand miles deep on your expertise. Well, uh, the, the challenge with me, Richard, is that my, my core of expertise for 37 years is only centered around real estate and mortgage lending. So the only advice I could give is around my, my core competency. Sure. And, and that's that uh, they owe it to themselves. Every, every investor that wants to diversify, that doesn't know much about mortgage lending, owes it to themselves to learn about mortgage lending for their own, their own investment benefit. Um, you know, term, in terms of asset preservation, um, you know, we, we all seem to go out and buy real estate regularly as, as a way to build wealth. Uh, and I'm a strong proponent of that because you get the ability to use the bank's money to leverage the acquisition of an asset. And that's obviously how wealth often gets created and accelerated. But, you know, mor mortgage lending uh, is as equally as good. So is, is that worth $100,000? A free book, I, if, if, if uh, somebody wants to figure out how to make $100,000, uh, here's a free book. That'll be worth $100,000. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for those just watching or listening along audio only, uh, this has been Ben Lyons and his last name is spelled L-Y-O-N-S with Link Capital and it's L-Y-N-K Capital. Is that, what, is that right for the spelling of the company name there? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Great. And what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody does want to get a copy of that book called Be the Bank um, or just share deal flow with you or co-invest with you, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, best way, uh, two ways, and, and both are fine. Uh, email is ben at linkcapital.com, ben at linkcapital.com, or just text me, 410-258-3903, or call 410-258-3903. Love talking about it, as you can tell. Uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about this space. It's mind-blowing to me that more people are not, uh, you know, not invested in mortgages in their retirement or non-retirement accounts. Right, right. You consider how many people buy a single family rental or invest in the stock market that has more, more downside. And so many people are hungry for income right now. I, I can
and see where there's a big demand once people are educated on what it is actually that you and your team do there? Well, I, I ask uh, some very important questions, Richard, when I'm, I'm giving a seminar and, and mm -hmm. you know, I, don't, I don't want to give you the whole because we don't have time, but what is the, the, the top line of income of most banks in the United States? I don't know, fees to their clients? I'm not sure. Okay, well, that's, that's number two. The number one line of income is interest income, right? So right. all of us have checking and savings accounts. We give it to the bank. What do they do with it? They lend they're it out. They're lending it out 10 That's times right. the rate they're paying you. And, and mostly they're lending it on real estate secured assets. So right. if, if all the banks in the world use your money as a primary source of their income, why, don't, why does the, the individual not do that as well? Right. When I travel around the country asking a thousand wealthy people that question, I usually get five people who raise their hand and say, I have mortgage interest income in my retirement or non-retirement account. It's mind blowing to me. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's great. Well, I appreciate you being here. Maybe um, at some point, maybe we'll, we'll be doing a webinar or a discussion panel that makes sense. Um, but we, we're happy to have you here as part of the family office club and get to know each other before. I know it's the first time you and I have spoke, so we're just getting to know each other. But um, I'd like to learn more about what you're doing. And I think I've got a connection for you on the deal flow side with another family office club member. So I'd love to keep in touch and appreciate your time here today. Yeah, absolutely. We are uh, looking to raise a lot of capital and, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of capital already on hand. Um, we manage uh, over a hundred million right now, but uh, it's certainly not enough. Uh, so if any of your listeners uh, want to talk further about uh, opportunities, happy to, happy to do so. Great. Sounds good. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Take care. Take care.